Plot twists. We are obsessed with them. In film, life, and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story that takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, super fan of cinema, sport, comedy, and I'm part of the old impression. And throughout this series, brought to you by Now and Sky, I'll be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about the plot twist moments that define their lives and careers. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems you've never heard before. Expect spoilers. So you've just finished film school, and within 18 months, you're cast opposite Daniel Craig in the new Bond film, Quantum of Solace. That was in 2008, and that is the story of Gemma Arterton. It's quite incredible. And of course, there's been other huge cinematic successes, and Trinians, of course, Kelly Jones, that was pretty iconic. Clash of the Titans, there's been so many. And aside from being a formidable actress, Gemma Arterton is actually getting more and more involved in the making of TV and film, shifting the narrative behind the scenes, the writing, the exact producing. And that sort of forms part of her new series, Funny Woman, which I'll come on to in a moment. And as part of that process, she set up her own production company, Rebel Park Productions. And the aim is to tell exciting, boundary-pushing stories, giving a platform for new talent whilst creating more opportunities for women, both in front and behind the camera. And her new series, Funny Woman, is, is exactly that. It's coming from the Nick Hornby book, Funny Girl. This is something that Gemma has wanted to release, I think, for a number of years. And finally, courtesy of Sky and Now, it's coming to our screens. It is available to stream and to watch today. So let me break down Funny Woman for you very, very quickly. We're in the 1960s. Barbara, played by Gemma, has just won the title of Miss Blackpool. But she's got far greater aspirations than a beauty pageant. She wants to go to the big smoke, go to the city and find a dream role in TV. And she lands in comedy. She's got natural wit and she's got magnetism that draws people in. But it's 1960s TV and film. There's stereotypes. There's class and societal changes. It's a challenge. And there absolutely are some hilarious moments in this, but it is also a drama. So it's a really nice balance between the two. But anyway, that's a little snippet. Let's explore more with Gemma herself. Here she is, Gemma Arterton on Plot Twist. Gemma, thank you so much for coming on Plot Twist. I actually thought it was going to be late. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be one of those sort of two truths and a lie scenario where your train gets cancelled and you miss your interview with a Hollywood actress. And but, but we're, alas, we're here. <laughs> we're here. It's all good. It's all good. And I'm the one that's usually late. So um, it's quite nice to not <laughs> the be that person. Be dead, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got to start. Happy news. Congratulations. Thank you. You're obviously expecting your yeah. first baby, which yeah. is just so lovely. Has oh, um, it, it a relief almost that sort of you can now tell everyone and it's out there and it's like, that's yeah, I, I've managed to get, well, I hadn't, I, I've sort of avoided being public for a long time, <laughs> just mainly because I couldn't be bothered to get dressed up and, or anything. But yeah, no, it's been, in a way, it's good to kind of get it out there and yeah, and everyone's been very nice and supportive. So um, yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I had to start there, of course. Um, I'm going to dive straight in with a plot twist question if I can. Go for it. Uh, this podcast is all about plot twists and we see in TV and film that a single moment can change a story and a narrative in your life and career. What might be that plot twist? Hmm. 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 Um, 
Well, there's been a few plot twists, but I guess the biggest one was when I set up my production company in 2016, well, really, we, we set it up, we came up with it. Rebel Park. Rebel Park, which I think, you know, that was a major moment in my life where I, I decided I was like, no, I think I, I'm, in, I'm in a place now where I want to start creating work myself or creating relationships with people and nurturing those and working with people from the beginning because sometimes when you're an actor you come in at the end of the process you just come in and you kind of say the lines and obviously you do more than just say the lines but sometimes it can feel like that mm. and I I knew that I wanted to make stuff and that I come from like a devised theatre background so it was always about making stuff from the beginning and and then um so yeah we we set that up and that ever since then um everything's been so different for me it's just been really you know maybe not as um stuff that's as well known or you know travels as far but much more satisfying processes and happier with the work and actually my show funny woman is our first tv show that we've done so that was a big moment for me i'd say yeah that time. before that you had a, a period where you did a lot of projects in quite a short space of time i guess it is maybe you got to that point where it was not to say burnout, but thinking I need to have a change of scenery. I need to, like the creative juices need to flow somewhere else. Yeah, and I think I was sort of a little bit on the conveyor belt of, I think it's like a thing of, I always felt very grateful to be given work, whether doesn't matter what it is, you know, and I still am, but I think I didn't realise that I had. I could also say no to things. I could also say, oh, actually, I don't have to do that or mm. um, or there's a reason why I don't want to do that or whatever it may be. Just, it's I taking think, more control, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, but also I think it's having, I guess, because I came from a background of, you know, I never thought I'd work as an actress. I mean, I just got into it because I enjoyed it. It's not, I didn't actually think I'd ever make a living out of it I just thought I'd be doing bits of theatre like if I was lucky so I always would be just take whatever came my way and I didn't realise that you could have a little bit of say over what you do and don't do and after a little bit of time of making stuff that I was like oh I, I, I didn't really enjoy that or that wasn't really what I'd hoped it would turn out to be I realised that I needed to take a step back and and start having more autonomy actually and it was just that moment in time was when I started realizing that I could sculpt things a little bit more so yeah and uh, ever since then obviously nothing's ever kind of perfect <laughs> but you you know you still kind of make stuff and go oh god you know um I'm never ever happy ever but yeah it's nice when you know the reasons why you got into it in the first place are from a good place you know that you know why you went into it so, yeah, that was the, the, the time. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, even when you, you said about not necessarily making a living out of it, when you when you came onto the scene, it was from Rada straight into so these big productions. That, I guess that in itself must have been a bit of a plot twist, really, in that... Yeah. Was, I mean, All, that was... Also, because when I was at Rada, I was just kind of getting on with it. I, di I didn't... I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't... It's funny that... They kind of, you're one of 30-odd people in a class and they never kind of single anyone out or make anyone seem like they're going to go somewhere or whatever. So you're just one of many and you think, and you get told so many times, quite rightly so, 
listen, most of the time you're not going to work, so have other interests. Maybe you'll have to get another job. Um, it's very rare that you'll get maybe a part in a film or whatever. So you just think that that's never going to happen to you. And then when it did with me, I was totally baffled by it and also really grateful and very wide-eyed about it all and just went along with it, which was the right thing to do. But, yeah, just the whole thing took me by surprise because I just always thought of... I would never work. <laughs> I still feel like that some, to some extent at times because it's a very privileged position to be in where you can say no to things. And mm. But, yeah, it's still, like, ridiculous, I think, that I'm <laughs> working it's, in this I mean, it's, job. It, it's, so, it's so amazing how many actors, really well-established actors that we speak to and they have this, exactly the same sort of you know, mindset, if you will. Yeah. But I think that approach maybe with Radu, it probably keeps you grounded a bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's good that they do that. Mm. I think it is good rather than set you up and maybe you don't work and and then it's half... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are like that. But um, the reality of it is that you you, you don't, don't work all the time. Mm. So it's good that they say that. You mentioned Funny Woman, obviously. Yes. I watched it yesterday. You were brilliant oh, in it. Thank you. Um, in fact, actually, I read an article beforehand, and it was at the end. It was about from eight years ago, and the last line from the, from the book, um, Nick Hornby's book, and the last line said this, this would make a great TV series. Ah, oh, is, good. So, so we go. were onto something. You were onto something, yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us why, like this project in particular. Obviously, you you know working behind the scenes as exec producer, but also the leading role as Barbara slash Sophie. Yeah, I can see maybe some of the attraction, but maybe explain some of that. I think I was just it really. I read the book back in two thousand and fifteen or sixteen when it came out, and loved it and tried to get the rights to it, but they'd already been snapped up, obviously, because Nick <laughs> Combi books are always snapped up. But I naively was like, I want to make this and. They've been snapped up. So, and I, I think it was because I loved the character of Barbara. I loved her journey and where she's from, and I could relate to her in a, to a certain extent. And I just thought she was really, really well thought up, and that we hadn't seen someone like her for a while on our screens. Mm. And I could, I just, I don't know. I just thought I could do that. And also, I love how comedy comes about, how the nuts and bolts of how people write comedy. And how things are made, um, I always enjoy. So the book really I loved. And then when I couldn't get the rights, went away. And then about three years later, I got sent a pilot episode. And they were like, oh, have you heard of this funny girl? It was called Funny Girl. Mm. Would you want to play Barbara? And I was like, you do know that I tried <laughs> to get the rights to this book. And then they said, yeah, and do you want to mm. do it as co-producer? And, and that's how it came about. So... It was really lovely, actually. It was sort of, you know, something... I don't, they don't happen very often where you get those parts that just speak to you or you just feel like you need to do. And when I read the pilot written by, well, Morwenna Banks, who has written the whole series, and she is amazing, and she's also in the series as well. She plays Patsy. She just had done something with the book that was... It sort of came alive it just it there's I think it's because she comes from that world of comedy herself so she put a lot of herself in it and it just I remember reading it out loud in my trailer when I was filming something else and I read it out loud and it just made me laugh and it it just felt right and that doesn't happen very often so it all just felt very natural this one you kind of alluded to it um 
and something I thought was that there's it's a little bit of synergy between you and Barbara in terms of you know going to London, not knowing what could happen next, being in a sort of underwhelming flat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the <laughs> underwhelming flat is so true. Oh my god, my flat that I moved in when I moved to London was way worse than the flat that oh, really? Barbara. Oh, oh wow. my god. Well, that's saying it was something. a basement. It was literally a basement. So I think it was a, a cellar, mm. and it had a tiny window about you know, the size of a letterbox. And um, that was the only light that would get in. Sounds like and a prison cell. it had um, damp, so it <laughs> smelt of damp. And I remember when my dad, he, my he dad helped me move in and he cried when he left oh, me. He him. was like, why, my daughter... But I was thrilled. I was like, I'm in London and I'm going to, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to go Portobello Road and pretend that I'm in bed knobs and broomsticks and, you know, like... You know, I was basically Barbara at that moment in time, like living my kind of camp 60s musical life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that flat was really dingy. But I was just thrilled to have be in London and mm. be doing that. Um, but yeah, there were there are things that are similar, I guess. Um, and then there are things that are very different. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I like the sort of the celebration of the 60s, if you will, it kind of plays homage to that and sort of golden era of television that starts to build really from that era onwards. That must have been sort of fun to sort of immerse yourself in, in that sort of culture. And yeah, I, I mean, I, we I grew up watching films from the 60s. And I, as I've already alluded to, I love those kind of British musicals from the 60s, those kind of slightly... You know that they were set in the 60s... They were filmed in the 60s, mm. but they're, like, set in Victorian London or whatever. Yeah. But I didn't know that much about the comedy that was coming out at that time. And um, so I... Yeah, this was an amazing time. To, I mean, we watched... I watched loads of Tony Hancock, loads of Peter Moore, Dudley Cook's early stuff. Um... God, loads, loads of films from the 60s, like iconic films from the 60s that changed um, the landscape and like Alfie and, um, you know, various <laughs> various Michael Caine films that were really <laughs> instrumental in the culture. And But in terms of the comedy, it was a real time of change because um, this was when the working class was starting to get to, to get a voice and 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 use their use comedy as a way of kind of saying things about society in a really clever way you think about the audience as well right that's yeah you see like the writers behind the scenes actually considering what the audience would like and actually seeing barbara and her character and thinking well if she's like that she's this regular girl from blackpool that the audience are going to be similar to her and therefore watch it they're going to connect with it yeah. or relate to yeah, her yeah. and i think before that you know we, there's something that we look at in the show but you know usually it was sort of very well educated girls you know very posh girls just being there as a sort of the the wife or the girlfriend to the kind of more interesting character and in the 60s, we did start getting our kind of Barbara Windsors coming through and various other people. And so Sophie Barbara is a kind of mishmash, mixed mashup of loads of different mm. people from that time and going forward. But we didn't have a, you know, Barbara's total idol icon is Lucille Ball, who was doing amazing things in America with I Love Lucy and kind of completely changing the landscape for comedy for women in particular, we didn't have that person really who was that powerful. And so, yeah, and it wasn't until kind of like Victoria Wood in the, who yeah. had her own show in the 70s, like, well, 80s, that we were 
we had that. So it's a long way to go in the UK for to find that person. So yeah, so this show, she's up against a lot, <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah. She's um, and that's what makes it fun to yeah. do. Um, well, because you you have that glamour side, but there's also I suppose the sort of empowerment and the you know she's very glamorous. She's always going to gain attention for how she, her appearance, but actually it's her personality that gets her through and gets her the audition and gets her the role in, in the sitcom. Yeah, and there's something really, um, because she looks the way she does, there's something kind of amazing about the combination of those two things. This the juxtaposition kind of, in a way. Yeah, like this kind of zany, out there, kind of a bit ridiculous, clowny type character and then this sort of glamorous, um, and I guess that's what Lucille Ball did. You know, she was... She was glamorous, but she was also like brilliant at doing slapstick and and comedy. So that was really fun to play with, and it's a big thread that goes throughout the series. Is like the way that women are perceived and what they can actually do, and mm. and, 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 the, and the reaction of the environment around them, with, yeah. you know, men's attitude and men's attitude, yeah. But even even in the series, women's attitude that yeah. looking at her that was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, there are women in the in the series. Like, um, there's a character called Dennis who is the producer director of the sitcom that Barbara ends up doing, and his wife is this quite you know, kind of Joan Bakewell type character, um, and she's very judgmental of mm. of Barbara and being this kind of just this blonde, you know, and she's not got anything to say and but yeah it's it is mainly the men though i have to say that the ones that are yeah. <laughs> holding barbara back was that something that you were sort of quite keen to highlight i suppose because there is that comedy but also there's that real life aspect of how things were and yeah. still have been oh and that's why we that's really was really important to us in the show is that you know it was time of amazing time the 60s was an amazing time for, of change, but still there was a long way to go. And mm. um, um, so, and I know that for Moena, she definitely wanted to bring a lot of, I mean, her own experiences that she had. Um, Moena sort of looks a bit like Barbara Parker. She has like the long blonde hair and, uh, the, you know, she's very, she's very gorgeous. And um, she has, uh, she's very petite and, and, she's got loads of stories about her journey going through comedy over the years and what people have said to her and it was really important that she put her experiences in mm. so yeah and that's part of the reason we wanted to make this show was to show that that, that happened happens um and how sort of ridiculous it is i think you really highlighted that i was gonna ask you something a little bit more silly uh, I think it's in episode two. So Barbara's in her flat and she's nervous. <laughs> and her housemate says, imagine the person oh, yeah. going to the loo, basically. Yeah. Um, and then she, I think she does that in she when she does. actually meets the guy. Yeah. What is your technique for calming yourself or for getting <laughs> yourself, you know, if you're nervous in going into a situation, what is your, what's your routine? What's your... I wish mine was as comedically interesting <laughs> as imagine them taking a great big shirt. Um, no, I usually have to do like some intense breathing exercises because I, I do get worked up quite easily. Not the most naturally calm person. So I can, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can relate. <laughs> Just terrible. So yeah, deep breathing. Usually kind of getting distracted by something, listening to something else or whatever usually helps. But com humor also is a really good tonic for moments of, you know, stress or, you mm. know, intensity. So yeah. 
I'm going to ask you another plot twist question. Okay. This one's on a plot twist person. Oh. So an unexpected source of inspiration, maybe outside of family. Oh. Is there somebody that would spring to mind as... Uh... Yeah, actually, my friend Marjan, she is an amazing director and animator. She's called Marjan Satrapi. She's Iranian and she lives in Paris. And we worked together ages ago, but um, she is just such an inspiration. And she does this amazing... She's doing incredible things at the moment, actually, in terms of what's going on in Iran with women. Um, she does these mm. incredible paintings that are really political, but really don't say have any words. And that's always been like her forte. She did this book called Persepolis that was made into a film about her life growing up in Iran. And but she's a real punk, like she's really outspoken. She doesn't give a shit what people think of her. She's incredible. She's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> and I, when I worked with her, that was around that time where I had my plot twist, where mm. I realized like, oh, look, that there's somebody that's like doing their thing and not caring about what anyone else thinks, but just doing their thing. And so she was a bit of a plot twist moment. Yeah, for me. And if anyone doesn't know her work, just check it out because she's amazing. Have a cheeky Google. Yeah. Is that, is that, um, that must be really interesting that, you know, now you've got the sort of production element to you with the, with the Rebel Park. So many ideas must be sort of coming in, so many inspirational stories. Mm. How do you manage that and try and make yeah. sure you can get those stories out there? Also because you can kind of take too much on and then that's not very productive and lose the quality I guess and also you, it's so hard to get stuff made and it's a real labor of love and things take years and especially things that are a bit controversial or a bit kind of boundary pushing sometimes people aren't ready for them yet or you have to kind of have faith in them and sit on them for a while and then you just have to I don't know you just have to go with your instinct with what you feel like you could believe in enough to stick with it but yeah we do have a slate but it's it's quite small just so that we can really focus on those things and and give them the attention they need i'm going to end the interview with a couple of very random questions okay completely random they were All just right. from a website you just press a button it just populates a random question <laughs> okay um i usually start with them but i know we were short of time but i thought i'd ask anyway i know you've got a love of nature yes and sort of mountains and I'm from the New Forest, so... I, I, oh, yeah, lovely, uh, gorgeous. Lovely part of the UK. Yeah. Where would be your sort of ideal sort of escape? The woods, forests. Anywhere. Um, my perfect escape... I Well, I don't know. I've, I've always wanted to go to Japan. I've never been. All the bamboo forests. Yeah, and yeah. go to the forests there, all the mountains there. But for me, I don't know what it is about forests... They're just really relaxing mm. and really comforting. And I actually now live kind of in a forest, sort of surrounded by trees. And it's really <laughs> lovely. It's really, it's really, really good. Something yeah. very peaceful about it. Yeah, 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 really good. What little things tell you that a person is good? Um, oh, little things like the way they, the way they relate to other people, like people that they don't know their relationship to people that have less than them or, yeah, the people that wouldn't have normally, you know, if you can't get something out of someone, the way that people relate to those people, you know, mm. and give to them 
And I've got some people in my life who are amazing at that, just incredible at that and really inspire me because I'm sometimes a bit too shy or a bit too guarded. And I think, yeah, it's... Is, very... is that you generally or is that just part of being it's a weird... the, sort of this industry? No, it's me generally. And it's a weird, surprising thing about me because I'm quite gregarious, but I'm also really shy in certain scenarios, in like true life scenarios. <laughs> really, it's okay when it's work and I can kind of put on a sort of persona, but in, yeah. in, in real life stuff, I get really, really shy and sometimes like it's too much, I can't deal. And I can kind of be a bit like that. So um, yeah, people, the way people treat others that they don't necessarily know or, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I, I could ask one more. Who or what are you always willing to make time for? Oh, uh, I'm always willing to make time for my sister. My Aww. sister, Hannah. She's my, like, best, 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 best friend. And I love her so much. And I, I, she is the sort of person that if she needed something, I'd just drop everything and go, you know, yeah, whatever. Storm offset. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> always her. Actually, I'm seeing her after this, so... So that's why we need to get a move on, guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Gemma, thank you so much for the chat. Really Aww, enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Good luck no, with the series. Really nice. I've watched it. I love it. I think it's going to do really well. Oh, love Barbara. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But thank you. Yeah. It's been great. Thanks very much. Big, big thank you to Gemma Arterton. Wasn't she so lovely? She was brilliant. A big theme, actually, for me that came out of that was Gemma taking sort of ownership and, and doing things on her own terms. And you felt that earlier on in her career, she had these big blockbuster titles and a lot of pressure that came from that. And I think she's spoken about that in the past. And, and now she's at a place that she's doing things on her own terms, whether it's in front of the camera, like Funny Woman, or, or behind the scenes with Rebel Park Productions. And uh, it just felt like she had a really nice balance, which was really lovely. And you could kind of see with Funny Woman, there are perhaps parallels in the story between Barbara and Gemma herself. And perhaps that was part of the motivation for telling this story. And uh, it is, it's a lovely, charming series. You see her reunited with Rupert Everett. I thoroughly recommend it. All episodes are available on Sky and now. So do go and check it out. And I'm sure whatever Gemma does next, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. So look forward to seeing more from her. And we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.